0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast, created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthew.3cr.org.au.
1: Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it, so when you listen to it you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life and 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe the number is 94198377 You've been listening So I opened my eyes and I opened my mind and I saw something I never would have noticed on a bicycle unless I was going very, very fast down a very, very long hill. Because of the speed of the bus and how I was exerting no effort, the telephone wires on the side of the road sagging between the poles went up and down with the same rhythm as my heartbeat. For that beat to kick in so we can start the Yarrabug Radio Show here at 3CR Radical Radio, streaming, podcasting, or listening in the transistor in the kitchen, 855 on the AM dial. Many thanks to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now. Always a high, always a good look into what's happening in America. Good morning, Faith.
0: Good morning, Val.
1: It is one of those lovely Monday blustery northwesterly winds in (laughs) Melbourne, kicking up dust and pollen and everything carried before it. A
0: great ride to the studio this morning, practically flying.
1: There we go. I think that's one of the best bike moments I've heard for a while, that quote actually, to, to go fast enough so you can get your heart rate going between telegraph poles, is some sort of speed. That was brought to us by Anton Wilson. I've never heard of him before, but uh, that was a nice little gig. And you are listening to the Arabug Radio Show here. So we've got a show. What do we call their shows? Bibs and Bobs. <laughs>
0: it's our last show for the um, – our last live Show actually, no, it is our last show for the year. Yep. No, hang on, Chris is Chris doing is a show right. next week. <laughs> um, it's Val and I's last show for 2020. Let's settle with that.
1: Perfect, I'm <laughs> just ticking them off one at a time. <laughs> and it is a lovely day outside, it is blustery.
0: It is, yep.
1: Jack Randis is still, still going, going sp- crazy.
0: Spring wind still happening,
1: exactly. Hay fever and the sales of antihistamines are going through the roof. <laughs> Anyway, um, look, um, I left home without a bike moment this oh, morning.
0: Did you acquire one on the way?
1: I wasn't even out of my street when I acquired <laughs> one. <laughs> As you can imagine, I grew up in a period where maybe wearing a helmet was optional in a lot of op- uh, degrees. Anyway, around my area to go to the supermarket and not too far away. I'm, uh, I rarely have a helmet on. And um, I've just uh, stepped over the bike into a little cul-de-sac and one of my neighbours is driving in and he unwinds the window. He says, you think you're going to run into the police, are you? (laughs) <laughs> which was really quite funny. As didn't realise the only reason I've got the helmet on is I might be going to see the police or something, <laughs> which was quite funny. Solved the bike moment problem straight away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they know me too well. Yourself?
0: Um, I rode down to Cheatham Wetlands for the first time in a while ah. the other day and it is looking stunning, ah. Like it, it made me realise, hang on, I've only for some reason been, I think usually I'm probably heading down there at the end of summer or autumn and um, the grasses are oh, just yeah. these waves of gold and then there's all these purple heathers. Yeah. It is looking, everything's got that fresh, just had lots of rain. Yep. The views over to the city are crystal clear. Yep. Um. Just ama- re- looking really, really good. Yeah. I mean, I thought it looked good before, but it was really, yeah.
1: yeah. Just on an off note as far as gardening, native grasses are so wonderful when people let them go to seed and mm. go fully to seed. I mean, they're twice as tall and you you get those... Waves yep. of amber, yeah. You know, wa- what do they called? Amber waves across the court, not across the cornfields, but across <laughs> the grasses. No, and they're yeah. really quite spectacular. All different coloured seeds, all different types of seeds. Yep. Uh, and it is a great air.
0: No, it was beautiful. Lots of birds, lots of always lots of good things to look at. And, um, yeah, it, it's a, still is a really nice spot and is looking particularly nice at yeah. the moment.
1: And it's a lovely kickback ride, Mm. you know. You can sit up and just enjoy it as you're riding through. Um, I'm not sure uh, – pretty sure the migratory birds are there. Anyway, we're we're digressing from bicycles. As long as you're (laughs) riding a bicycle to go there. Well,
0: and one thing – and maybe I haven't clocked this as vividly other times because the air hasn't been as clean, but so riding west – you had the view of the Yu-Yangs in the distance. Yep. Coming back, you've got the dandidons and yeah, uh yeah. yeah. So and and the views are good at the moment because the air is still pretty clear. And um Maybe it it it's you? all this wind. Yeah, yeah, there <laughs> was a gale blowing riding <laughs> 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 west was quite the
1: Oh, the black suits back around my area. There's a wonderful spot down there where you get that lovely um, snowball sort of 360 degree view of um, the whole of city. Yeah. What's it called? The Thousand Steps of Civilized Got a really wacky name. <laughs> no, it's just the public culture that yeah. sits up on this headland. I can't remember its name, but it's on the way there, and it's a very funny thing to look at. <laughs> um, have we got a little bit of news?
0: Uh, We've got some local news for those uh, local to Darabin, which uh, many of us are. Darabin's trialling their first pop-up bike lane uh, and it officially opens today. It's on South Crescent and it's been chosen um, because South Crescent acts as a really good connector um, over towards the high school and to some shopping precincts. It's also part of Darabin's signposted shimmy backstreet network. So what they've done is the parking occupancy on one side of the road has been quite low lately. They've taken the opportunity to install a separated bike lane there and that has the effect then of narrowing the street. So that then means that drivers travel slower and more carefully and so in one direction you have a separated bike lane in the other direction you use the road um the trial officially starts today and uh there's counters at one end so they'll be able to get some good data on that it's really aimed at getting you know people who haven't been confident enough to use a bike until now so it'll be Good for existing riders, but especially good for trying to um, create a connection that will give more people the confidence to use their bikes. And um, if you're in the vicinity or likely to use South Crescent, it connects, like I mentioned, to local shops and schools and the Merry Creek Trail and St George's Road. So um, check it out. And uh, they'll be on the Darabin city council's website a connection to the um, forms you can use for giving feedback on yeah. it so uh, the trial runs until uh, March 2021
1: Oh, that's good has always been at the top the top three as far as they seem concerned getting stuff done interesting they've changed the because um, <clears throat> I've only read it uh, written it a couple of times lately Napier streets become a um, no line down the centre of the road now, mm. which just changes the way everybody drives up and down there. It's really been yep. quite fascinating. Yeah. Um, there can be a tendency for people to take advantage of it, but then actually the, you can't do it. It's really quite um, interesting just how that mindset changes.
0: Really. Yeah. And and I think, you know, we'll, another sort of uh, version of that is when um, the City of Melbourne... A lot of the smaller streets, are, um, are they're giving more space to pedestrians and cyclists and drivers are guests on the street who give way to pedestrians. So one thing they're doing to encourage that because there is still a separate road service to the footpath is to um, there will be patterns on the bitumen yep. um, which will have that visual effect that drivers yep. don't feel like they're on... A highway, and yeah. can just barrel through
1: you know, sometimes those things are simple, sometimes not I remember somebody you know one of the best ways of helping with the awful things that or the crammed shared pathways is to take away the middle line in the middle, mm. then people sort of don't seem to think they have this ownership of half of the half of the path, and you daren't come over my side and you stay on your side. Mm. Um, The only uh, little bit of news, I read a little thing the other day, as soon as obviously something gets a bit popular, there have been a couple of recalled e-bikes that have the unfortunate habit of when you plug them into the charger, explode and catch fire in the garage. So just be careful. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: And I think that's it for news. That's
1: it. I think we're going to be back with the real hard-edge journalism of the Yarrabug <laughs> Radio Show. It prides itself on.
0: 3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Vacro's Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. And you're back listening to the Arabug Radio Show with Val and Faith. Um... Released last week on Wednesday is Infrastructure Victoria's Draft 30-Year Infrastructure Strategy. This is up for consultation. Um, I think you have until February. You can either take part in a survey or uh, make your own submission. And I just thought, you know, we won't go through it in detail today, although we might do that early next year. Um, There's several good points in it. I mean, the one really overarching point uh, is that Victoria should have um, an integrated transport plan. They don't at the moment. And no. so we see, you know, a lot of big infrastructure projects at the moment that, um, you know, for example, level crossing projects might deliver some good things for pedestrian cyclists in certain areas, but they're, they're designed to relieve congestion and move cars around. Um, and are those you know, what do we benchmark those against and how do we say, how do we know is this what is of the greatest benefit? Is yeah. this what we need to be doing? Um, big road projects at the moment, what strategy do we have to benchmark those against and say this is taking us in the right direction? Um There is a call to partner with local governments to fund pedestrian infrastructure and to transform cycling in Melbourne, Ballarat, Bendigo and Geelong to deliver separated cycleways and invest in train station bicycle parking facilities to expand the cycling network in Melbourne, Ballarat, Bendigo and Geelong and to particularly work on connections within and between Melbourne CBD and surrounding suburbs and to Monash La Trobe and Sunshine National Employment and Innovation Centres. One thing that really struck me because I've been thinking about it recently with respect to some projects is improving walking and cycling data. So this is a big problem in Australia generally, but we we don't have data. We don't know, particularly with pedestrians, we don't know how many people walk. Um, and uh, cycling data, I know, for example, in areas like Moreland and Yarra and Darabin where um, there are counters on heavily used routes. But if you're trying to estimate what happens when a connection to those routes becomes less attractive to riders, yeah. there's no data except no. occasionally twice a year from Super Tuesday counts. But you, you can't is, say...
1: Which is not, you know, you No, can't count every street. It's not an accurate. Reflection of any Anyway, and it sorry. doesn't tell
0: you, you know, what happens at three thirty when the local school closes, or yep. what happens uh, at, on the weekends, you know. So um, that's, a, I think, a really important part. There are a lot of other points. That's only the tip of the iceberg. If you want to have a good look to start to break it down, then I would recommend going to the streets alive, Yarra. Website and finding it there, we'll post a link in the uh, podcast. But um, you'll also find a link posted on the Streets Alive Yarra Facebook page, and they have posted one also on the Moreland Bug Facebook page. Um, And you can download the PDF of the draft infrastructure strategy, you can also – there's a website where you can look at certain elements and respond to them in a survey or, as I mentioned, make your own submission.
1: Yeah. Or the other thing is if you're not a member of a local bug now, now would be the time because a lot of bugs will be putting submissions to them. Yeah. Actually, in a lot of those places, that's better to help an already established voice keep going, you know, it makes and it does. Well, hopefully it makes a difference.
0: And – if Yeah, if you contact your local bug and say, guys, are you doing a submission on this? And it might well be that all it took, there was one person waiting who didn't want to do it all by themselves and all it took was you saying you are interested in helping. You know, yeah. that's, I mean, bugs are community groups. Yep. And uh, so if you're part of that cycling community, get in touch with them and yep. say, you know, are you doing a submission and can I help?
1: Yeah. I think that what you started with at the top there, that... Um I'm not going to, you know, we don't have an overarching somebody who's going to say, we need to fix up our transportation infrastructure. Where do we start? Who has overall control? I'm, I'm going to use the, the, you know, getting all the premiers in Canberra. Yeah, you can solve problems and get stuff done like this. But we're not used to giving somebody, we need to make somebody, the, to use that American term that transports are to actually make councils speak to state government make up st- state government spend the money they allocate for it
0: well and be you know we're doing a lot of big infrastructure projects in melbourne at the moment in victoria but and and many of them, the you know the rail projects and that are great but are uh, some of these projects we know they're not going to be con- they're going to build congestion yeah. um and and so what's the benchmark against which you decide these these we This is going in the right direction or it's not. We, we don't have that overarching uh, I think strategy. I it's
1: going in the wrong direction. I don't think anybody's going to drive a fossil fuel car in 30 years' time. No. They certainly won't. Well, <laughs> if you are, you need a good smack on the bottom. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I promised I would never use a euphemism on this show. <laughs> it is. But let's – look, this, and this is where it starts – if you want to ignore this sort of stuff, you ignore the politics and the actual artwork about it, no, nothing will get done. And um, so that's a good way to start. And a good way to start is in your local area. Yeah. Bang, yep. what's happening in your street? Now, we've got um, infrastructure. We've fixed it all up, thrown enough green paint around. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I've got some great bike lanes for you. It comes in four-gallon drums. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Um, look today. No, is said today. I think it was yesterday. It was the actually the one hundred and twenty fifth anniversary of the Melbourne to Warrnambool bike race. So, eighteen ninety five. It's been going since. So it makes it, I think about the second or the third longest um, uh, open or, or race cycle race there in uh, in the world. Actually, I think one of the French ones is beforehand. Um, so, look, a couple of... There's, uh, I'll preface this, and we'll put up a, a link to the article. There's a good article in The Guardian, actually, full with a lot of uh, lovely photos of the eras of around uh, the turn of the century and the 20s uh, and that. So, look, great race, old Misty Oppenheimer. He won it in 1924, 1926, and 1929. I think... Um, uh, Mr. Mockrief won it twice as well in uh, 1956 and 1957. It became the sort of premier benchmark for Australian cycling early. But the lovely story is about the um, the first race. So for the, about the second quarter of the race, there were two of them, neck and neck. Um, where have I got their names? Uh <laughs> Mr. Davis and Mr. Uh, Nickel. And as they were coming into Warrnambool, um, Mr. Davis missed a turn and crashed into the Spectator and Mr. Nickel went on to win the Warrnambool to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. But the crowd was so incensed and thought about the injustice of this that they took up a collection and promptly rewarded it. Mr. Davis, with exactly the same amount of prize money that the winner got, <laughs> and these, and just to make um, something a little bit more um, uh, kooky about this is, actually, he was riding a rally bicycle all the way from England, Nottinghamshire. <laughs> <laughs> I was <gonna laughs> which was gonna lead me into something which I um, it's a it is a great historical race. The other big things about it were was for most of its life up until about nineteen I'm gonna say about nineteen eighty, it was always a handicap. So the idea was like no. the Melbourne Cup's a handicap, the Baker's horse can win the Melbourne Cup if it gets light enough weight. So it was open to it, all club races, but and so it was a handicap. Then it got turned into a same start, so it sort of knocked everybody else out. Um, and, of course, with the roads getting more clogged, nobody was going to do it. But uh, I was interested in looking at the photo of uh, the winner, and, yes, you can tell it's a rally bike because they was still making forks like that, Right up until nineteen seventy five. I'm serious. The design of the four plates is exactly the same, nearly a hundred more years afterwards. Yeah. Which was quite funny.
0: I've got a little piece uh, just about the Melbourne Dwarnenball. Yeah. Um, when a uh, because of course women Weren't yes. riding in it. No, in no, yep. 1895, and indeed for quite a long time.
1: <laughs> one of the American professionals came out and rode. Yep. I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah, anyway.
0: And uh, one of uh, the women in Melbourne at the time who uh, was very interested in long distance riding, she wrote it shortly after the first race, Was uh, she wrote it herself. Ah. Um, and returning from Warrnambool to Melbourne, uh, there's a story of the arriving home in at the time Corfield, and uh, discovering that she was twenty kilometres short of uh, a nice round number. So went out and rode around twenty miles, sorry miles, <laughs> and rode around Corfield uh, in the dark uh, to to finish off with a nice round number for her day.
1: <laughs> See, data sensitive. <laughs>
0: yes. ja, ja,
1: ja, ja. even in those days ja, oh very ja, 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 ja. they loved that yeah the cyclometers uh, were all the rage oh well and all um, most of them actually which I was going to do a little piece on things are disappearing off bikes I mean nobody's going to see a bowen cable on a bike in the next 20 years electronic shifting there won't be a you know, nobody will use cables to uh, switch gears or use brakes and it's interesting that Actually, the idea of the Bowen cable, there were two Mr. Bowens completely unrelated to each other. One actually invented the whole idea. Bowen cables, the inner cable sliding against the outer cable. Anyway, of course, he sold the patent of that in 1908, I think, to Raleigh Bicycles. And then Raleigh sort of started to make Bowen cables. (laughs) And one of their first applications for it was not only brakes, but the cable for the three-speed Sturmy Archer. Now, these cables are nearly all gone from box, so yep. sometimes we just got to, you know, <laughs> say hello. And they were used in a variety of things, Boeing cables from aeroplanes right up in the 60s and 70s, are still used in planes, You're still used in handbrakes, throttles, a lot of stuff. Um, Any events? Yes, yes, there is. Now, tomorrow night's a new moon, no moon. If you go out uh, in the next week or so, you'll slowly notice Jupiter and Saturn are coming as close as they're going to be for a long, long time. Well, they're not close together, but to our, our eyesight, they'll be. They're doing their little dance now, mm-hmm. just coming closer together. I think about the 24th and the 26th will be. The, um, I'm not sure if it's called conjunction whatever, well, what they call it here, they're in the same house. (laughs) (laughs) The moon's aligned with Mars.
0: (laughs) Also coming up this weekend is uh, the Vintage Cycle Club Swap Meet at Abbotsford Cycles in Swan Street, Richmond, and that'll be on from 9am. You can uh, rock up and do some Christmas shopping, I think. That'll be the thing. Um, after the swap meet from 12.30, the very special Farron collection will be available for viewing at the private museum. Um, so that's a really, it's not often that you can get in to have a look at those bikes. So highly recommend, uh, you get along to that. Um, and if you're looking for people to ride with in order to do these two trips, Moreland Bicycle User Group are running a special bug ride on Saturday the 19th. It will leave from 21 Station Street, Coburg at 10am and we will visit the swap meet and then the Farron Collection. Uh, and you'll find details of that on the Moreland Bug Facebook page. Go Moreland Bug. Yeah. Um, that'd be a day out. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, if you uh, search around on Facebook, well, I'll put a link up to details of the swap meet too so that uh, that's easy to find.
1: And then if you buy something big down there, you've got a whole group to help you carry it home. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I must admit I opened up the bike shed the other day and was visually <laughs> putting tags on things. <laughs> and i going, oh, no, <laughs> oh, no.
0: And that's all we have time for this week. You've been listening to Faith and Vel on the Yarrabug radio show on 3CR. 3CR relies on the support of its listeners to stay on the air. You can do that by subscribing or making a donation at 3cr.org.au. Coming up next is... Shiba.